0: Welcome to the Sandhills Podcast. My name is Pastor John. I'm joined by Pastor Lauren, uh, who is on staff with us at Sandhills. We'll be talking about a kind of new mini series that we're doing where we were talking about 2020 in review, and now we are talking about passionate professions and the different uh, jobs that people have and how they represent Christ in those. And so we have the immense pleasure and honor of having our very own Pastor Lauren, who is a pastor, obviously, hence the name, but also. Uh, has served in the United States Navy, as you can tell for those of you viewing on YouTube, and then also a commercial airline pilot, correct? Yes, that's correct. There we go. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Here, I just wanted to start just real quick. Give us a little background on you. Where are you from? Where are you born? All that. Okay, yeah. Um, so I grew up in Haiti.
1: Uh, my dad is from Haiti, and my mom was an American uh, missionary in Haiti. Uh, they served there for over 50 years. Wow. So, um, yeah, I grew up there, and uh, then my sophomore year of high school, uh, I left and came to um, Columbia, South Carolina, of all places. I'm familiar with it. Yes. Ever heard of that place? Famously hot. Wow. Yeah, here in Columbia, I came to Ben Lippin School. I was a boarding student here and okay. finished up high school here and then, uh, you know, went off to, to college, got my degree, joined the Navy went to flight school and everything, became a helicopter pilot, and uh, served in the Navy for 20 years. Wow. And uh, during, during the time in the Navy, we, uh, uh, my family and I, we got a chance to live uh, all around the world. It was really neat. Uh, we lived in, in Italy at first. Both of our kids were born in Italy. And then um, we uh, also did time in, in Japan and in the Middle East, in Bahrain. Wow. Uh, and all over the US too, but uh, yeah. See the world.
0: Yeah, I got to see the the whole thing.
1: And then somehow after the Navy ended up back in Columbia, South Carolina. And actually back at Ben Lippin. I was a teacher at Ben Lippin for a while. What did you teach? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I taught um, college prep geometry, I taught honors geometry, um, AP statistics, French two, and French three.
0: Wow. All at at once. It's all in one class. Just just mix it up. French immersion with geometry. Yep. (laughs) So, That's fantastic.
1: So I did that uh, for a little while and then um, ended up coming out of uh, transitioning out of that and starting to go to seminary. And then I also came on board uh, here at, at Sand Hills part time uh, on staff at Sand Hills and uh, while I was going to seminary and was here on staff for several years and then uh, transitioned back into flying again, flying commercial. And so I did that for a while. and um, last year's events and pandemic and so forth um, <laughs> turned that upside down. Yeah, um, a lot of that, most of the airlines ended up furloughing uh, quite a few pilots and the company that I worked for furloughed over 700 pilots. Wow, of which I was I was one, so I was, I was back in the hunt for a job and ended up uh, working now as a um, naval science instructor. Uh, in an NJROT, a uh, Navy junior ROTC unit
0: at one of the local high schools here. So okay. that's what I'm doing now. Wonderful. Yep. Man, that is such an incredible, like, so many professions in different routes. <laughs> true. So many. Quite true. So being raised in a family, that was obviously worth Christ. Did you come to faith at a young age? I did, yeah. Um,
1: so watching my parents and how they lived in, um, the focus of, the, of their lives, the dedication that they gave to the gospel, and actually the impact that the gospel had on so many people. Um, there really wasn't a question in my mind of whether or not God was real, um, you know, whether the Bible was true, things like that. I didn't wrestle with those kinds of things growing up, uh, but I did have to come to a point where I made a choice to make the Christian faith my own and not just to ride on the, the coattails of my parents. Um, so I did, um, make a, a specific choice to follow Christ when I was about eight years old Mm -hmm. and, um, I will say that, you know, my, my Christian walk has certainly gone through different stages since then and being away from home at such an early age when I came to Ben Lippin, I was only 13 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to... You know, not being under my parents' roof, I had to decide, am I going to continue to follow Christ? And even when I went off to college, you know, is this something that I'm going to continue to do? And, and each stage of life, and even <laughs> going into the Navy, mm-hmm. at each stage of life, is this really who I am? Is this really the, the center and the core and the focus of my life? And so God has taken me through a number of different steps. Uh, but, it, but each stage along the way, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've chosen to continue to follow him. And to make him the center of my life.
0: So, how have you seen that? So, we'll start. We'll start back at um, post graduation, joining the Navy. How did you feel Christ leading you to that? And then, how did you see Him work while you were in that? So, I always wanted to fly
1: um, from from as early as I can remember. I don't I don't remember this particular thing, but my my parents tell me that when I was small when I was you know, three years old or so, I used to go around and actually collect feathers. And
0: really? I would
1: tape them on my arms and I would get up on a chair <laughs> and jump off the chair, <laughs> flapping my arms uh, wildly. I remember actually building a hang glider with a bed sheet and some stuff and um, I was gonna test fly it off of our balcony. Wow, how high was um, the, like? It, it's, it's high, It's <laughs> oh yeah, it's high. And fortunately my mom uh, saw me about to leap off the balcony with my homemade right. hang glider and, uh, and intervened and convinced me that that I should allow teddy bear to uh, test fly it for the first time did he make it yeah teddy was well you know he lacked the skills necessary <laughs> to really I, I, I don't think he yeah he wasn't prepared for that so <laughs> but anyway so I, I always wanted to fly and I I wanted to fly in the military and so when I was in high school I I kind of did some research I I talked to people who had been in different services and kind of what is it like and did as much as I could. And, and I narrowed in on the Navy. I said, I really want to fly for the Navy. Um, and, and all along, too, you know, I was searching and, and wrestling with this and saying, God, is this the desire that you've put in my heart? Is this, um, you know, the skill that you've given me and, and everything and the interest that you've given me? Is this the direction you want me to go in? Or not. We had some friends who were missionaries um, growing up, who were um, avowed pacifists, and Mm -hmm. you know, it it is not the place of any Christian to be in the military at all. Was their was their position? Mm -hmm. And so, when they found out that I wanted to join the military, they were very much against that and tried to convince me otherwise. And I listened to what they had to say, and I went back and and prayed about it, and searched my Bible, and said, God. If this is not what you want me to do, then, then uh, I won't do it. But mm-hmm. I do feel like this is what you're calling me to do. Um, so I did uh, go ahead and, and join the Navy, but I did realize also that the reputation that the military has in general and maybe even the Navy in particular for people, you know, joining the Navy and, and then just kind of going wild, Mm-hmm. And, and acting like sailors and going to all sorts of different, uh, you know, foreign ports and, right. and getting involved in all sorts of things that are that are contrary to mm-hmm. um, the Christian life. I realized that those temptations and those um, issues would be there. Um, so I really prayed and struggled and kind of wondered before I joined the Navy, what is it really going to be like right. trying to walk out my Christian faith? Are there going to be other believers around me am I going to kind of be on my own how difficult is this going to be and I didn't know until I was actually in the Navy what it would
0: be like Mm. and what kind of so that I think that's that's a really key thing when Christians and believers step out into a profession that's not Christian related That is just it's a job it's a place to be it's a passion it's a profession you step out of that and I think that's such a great thing you analyze, am I going to be alone in this, or can I find a support structure of fellow believers that I can be encouraged by and encourage and walk with and grow with and be lights in this place? Yeah. And so what aspects of that did you find in the Navy over those 20 years? You know, I found, um, I
1: found community mm. uh, in, a, in a very real sense, and not just for me. I would say if you talk to my family, they would say the same thing Mm. is that they were able to experience real close Christian community in a number of the the places that we were uh, based on the orders that I had in in the Navy. And um, so, yes, I was in an environment sometimes where the majority of people around me were not believers but those who were believers shone like lights in the darkness and we encouraged each other and we challenged each other and we, we, um, spent time together and we bonded, uh, well, you know, I won't say that I, um, that I only bonded with Christians though. Mm Uh, there's something about serving alongside other people in, um, in arduous conditions and in difficult circumstances and everything that really you build a connection with them. You get to know a lot about them as a person when you don't just show up to a job, you know, nine to five and then go home. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're on deployment with somebody or with a group of people where you work with them, you are around them 24 hours a day, you get to know them very well and they get to know you very well. And so there were some fantastic opportunities to really share my faith with people that didn't believe. But also what I found was a lot of the young enlisted people in the Navy that were living a lifestyle contrary to the gospel knew better. Mm. They had grown up in the church they knew the the truth of the gospel but this was the first time that they were out from under the umbrella of the authority of their parents or whatever and so they right. were like oh, I'm going to I'm going to experience things on my own for a while and try things out on my own and it was amazing the number of conversations that I was able to have the number of relationships that I was able to build um the number of lives, maybe I guess I was able to, or God was able to impact through me, um, and even to this day, I can think of several of them that I've kept up with um, on Facebook or, or otherwise. That now they are walking with God, they have their own families, and and you know they are even in ministry or things like that. But mm-hmm. but when I first met them, yeah, they were sailors in in every right. sense of the word. <laughs>
0: So you had twenty years in the navy, right? At what point in that did you realize I want to, after this, pursue ministry? Oh, it was during the navy that mm-hmm. God. It was
1: amazing because everywhere that we went, one of the difficult things about being in the military is that you you can't really put down roots anywhere right. for very long. So right. we were we would be someplace for two or three years and then pick up and move and we'd go somewhere else. And um, so every every Christian community that we became a part of, we were only a part of it temporarily. Mm -hmm. But it was amazing how in each place God opened up opportunities for my wife and I to engage in ministry in some capacity there. Mm -hmm. And Tina has a gift for music and for things. And so a lot of times hers was musical and sometimes it would be music for me as well and I would be involved in that. Other times it would be um, in some capacity of teaching. Um, And I knew I had a gift for teaching. And during those years in the Navy, God continued to cultivate that and give me opportunities to develop and to grow that gift. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would see how it would impact people too. And, um, and, And it wasn't me making things happen. It wasn't me showing up in a new church or a new place and going, hey folks, I can teach and I can preach. You know, it was, it was us showing up, becoming a part of the community and God opening up doors. Mm. And as we looked over that time, we could see that God was preparing us and grooming us and using some of the spiritual gifts that he had put in us and moving us in a certain direction. Right. So how that was gonna work out after we got out of the Navy, I didn't know. Mm -hmm.
0: but I could see God's hand at work throughout guiding that process. Yeah. Yeah. And so then you come out of the Navy and you go to seminary, get that done, become a pastor. And was that when you did the church plant with Sandhills? Yes. As a a matter of fact.
1: So, um, well out of the Navy, my first job was as a teacher at Ben Lippin. Mm -hmm. So I did a, a year of, of teaching there at Ben Lippin and, um, after that year, I actually had applied to Dallas Theological Seminary. Okay. And was, our family was getting ready to move from Columbia to Dallas. And I was going go to go to, to seminary there. And, and I didn't know exactly what else was going to happen, but, but that was the plan. And actually, uh, Pastor Jeff here at uh, Sand Hills approached me before I, it, was, it was pretty close to the end of the school year. And said, hey, uh, I, I understand that you are resigning from your teaching position and that you are going to seminary. I said, uh, yes, sir, that's right. Wow, well, would you be interested in having a conversation uh, with me about possibly helping to start a, uh, another church here in mm-hmm. the Columbia area? Which really caught me off guard because I didn't know Jeff that well, and Jeff didn't know me that well at the time either. So that's how kind of that came about. We, we did have a conversation. We talked about it for a while. I ended up transferring, or I ended up applying to, um, CIU instead mm-hmm. of, uh, instead of, uh, Dallas. Ram them Rams. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. So, um, that's how, that's how that kind of came about. Right. And, uh, and again, it wasn't something that I was, um, seeking or intending to do. It was just kind of interesting kinda how happened. certain doors opened up and, and things of that nature. Yeah. yeah.
0: So then you did the church plant because I went to the church plant with you. Right. Um, that was our, my first volunteer position at Sand Hills. So was about 2015 and 2016. Yeah. 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 And that's where, you know, setting up the church in the morning, getting to tear it down right after the service. And then, you know, because it was in a movie theater. Right. And so we had to get out of right. there really quick before yeah. that crowd showed up. Um, but with that, so that church plant didn't continue after that. And is that when you went into commercial flying after that point? What was that transition like to go from out of flying to ministry and then to this next phase? I had
1: been out of the cockpit for almost eight or nine years at that point Mm -hmm. um, because my last two tours in the Navy were non-flying tours. I had been doing some other stuff. And um, it is very difficult to break into uh the world of commercial aviation if you've been out of the cockpit for a while Mm. it's it's really tough and and um it was actually some conversations with people that i had known um, back in the navy that were out and that were now flying commercial that that kind of changed things i i wasn't i i didn't really have my eyes on that at the time Mm -hmm. Uh, i missed flying but I was planning on possibly going back and, and getting some kind of a helicopter job, not, a, not an airplane job. Right. And uh, so my wife said, I think you really ought to talk to so-and-so uh, about what they're doing. Okay. So anyway, I got in a, a phone conversation with them and, um, and heard about the opportunities that existed at the time, and particularly the opportunities that existed for military helicopter pilots who were interested in transitioning into the um, commercial airline industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a, a unique window of opportunity. Um, and I, I jumped on that and ended up requiring quite a bit of training. I spent most of a year in training and various levels of training um, and uh, and was able to do that transition. But, yeah, it was, it was a big jump and um, a very different focus in life and again, I was kind of going, okay, God, what, what's going on here? Where, where are we going with this? Is this what you want me to be doing? Mm-hmm. And, and how do you want me, how do you want to use me in this context? Um, so there were, there were a lot of questions during that. Um, but again, I do love flying. And so it was neat to get back in the cockpit and, and mm-hmm. be around aviation again.
0: And how did you see Christ show up while being a commercial airline pilot? What were what were interesting opportunities that arose? Like, how did you see him yeah. fill that? Like you're saying, like, you know, show up in this, help me understand this more. How did you see him do that?
1: What's very different about the commercial airline industry is that for flight crews, uh, pilots and, and uh, flight attendants, we only spend really a maximum of about four days together on a trip. You're assigned trips and they may be two or three or four days long Wow. and when no you show idea. up yeah when you show up you you show up in the and sometimes you'll keep the same crew for that whole time mm-hmm. uh, sometimes one or two people in the crew end up swapping out and you end up with different people um, but even if everybody stays together you're only with that group of people for three or four days mm-hmm. and so it's difficult to really get to know folks and to get to the point of being able to have deep conversations, meaningful Mm -hmm. conversations and really talk about spiritual things. Um, so I had to, well, um, I think, I guess you really need to do this all the time anyway, but had to, had to rely on God Mm -hmm. to say, okay, God, I'm available. I don't know how to broach the subject you know, without us having much relationship. Right. So it's kind of a big conversation. It's a big conversation, <laughs> right? So, God, um, you know, let me be an example and uh, let me be a light shining in darkness mm-hmm. and open up the opportunities. I mean, you know what you're doing in the lives and in the hearts and the minds of, of the other people that I work with. So, grant me the opportunity and, and I'll do the best that I can to be ready whenever those opportunities arise. And I did see several situations where, um, you know, maybe after a long day of flying, we got into whatever, uh, city we were, had an overnight at, you know, and, uh, we'd go out to eat somewhere and maybe it'd be so late. It was a waffle house. Right. (laughs) was the only thing left (laughs) open, you know, but we'd end up having some good conversations and, um, there were, I can remember in one case, particularly there was a, there was a young lady who was a, um, a flight attendant. And we had uh, a very good conversation about the gospel and Mm -hmm. about Christianity and about, um, the purpose that God has for our lives. And she listened very well, very attentively and stuff. And it was a couple of months later that she actually emailed me and she said, you know, the things that you were saying, um, I understand them now. I, I see what you're saying, and I really think God is real, and he has a purpose for my life. And she wow. she told me about, because she actually had a near-death experience, she had a, um, a, an accident on a, on a jet ski. Oh, wow. And she almost drowned. And um, they dragged her out of the water, and she was in the ER and everything. And, and just that whole experience really made her kind of reevaluate her life and everything and and think about things. And so God had given me an opportunity prior to that, to be able to share some truth with her. Um, And so that was, that was a neat experience that didn't happen every day,
0: obviously, but there were, there were opportunities like that that came up at different times. And that's the beautiful thing. I love the scripture. It says that he prepares good works for us to walk into. Yeah, the idea that it's it's the opportunities are there. A lot of it relies on doing exactly what you t- what you talked about, which is praying, saying, you know, give me the vision to see it, mm-hmm. you know, awaken my heart, open my my eyes and my ears to these opportunities that naturally exist in life, right? To be able to plant those those seeds of the gospel, you know. And sometimes you get to, you know, be a part of the process of someone accepting salvation right then and there. But more often than not, it's being that witness and being that character testimony and down the road, we don't even know what could be happening in someone's life based off of a conversation we've had. Yeah, yeah. And that's one of the most beautiful things about Christians being in the workplace is we get to do that with the whole world. Right. When we do that, you know. Right. That's fantastic. You know, I, I'm I'm reminded of something else too that came up
1: uh, fairly often. One of the things that I've been involved in um, for over five years now is uh, volunteering in the prisons uh, here in Colombia and volunteering with the CIU prison initiative, but also uh, doing some other work in the prisons. And um, that was an opportunity for me to, or the fact that I was involved in that, created opportunities in conversation quite often because, you know, the other pilot would be like, at the end of the four day, you're just like, hey, okay, so you got a couple of days off? Yeah, I got two or three days off. Uh, What do you plan on doing? It's like, I'm going to prison. (laughs) What? Yeah. I'm going I'm, to prison. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tomorrow when I get home, that's probably around this time tomorrow I, I will be in prison. When I'm back home, the few days that I'm home, I'm, I spend a lot of that time in prison. Um, <laughs> what in the world? And so I was able to talk to them about these are the, these are the guys that I work with. Yeah. Here's what's going on. And then I was able to talk to, about the absolute amazing transformation that I was able to see in the lives of so many of these guys because of the gospel Mm. and because of their faith in God and and what God has done to turn their lives around and everything and and so that being involved in something outside of my profession Mm -hmm. but that I was able to refer to and talk about gave me an an opening and a conversation and entry into, hey, this is what the gospel is and here's how
0: I'm involved with it but also here's how I see it making a difference Mm. in people's lives. And that's such a good thing, is getting involved in yeah. outreach ministries where that way in the workplace, I mean, even if your nine to five isn't ministry, right. Being a part of ministry to tell other people about it and one where you can say, I'll be in prison at this time yeah. tomorrow, that's a that gets people's attention. Yeah. And that's fantastic. So then you've you've done that, you're the commercial pilot, furloughed with coronavirus and everything then. Mm-hmm. And then you get led to a position of influence with high schoolers. How is that? So now back to teaching but in a very different capacity. Yeah.
1: Oh man, that that has been so challenging um because we are in the the situation that we're in with coronavirus with all of the school districts scrambling to try to balance between the 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 needs of the students but also the concerns of the community and of the mm-hmm. family and everything and and so when I got there um the school year had already started. I actually started this job uh, right before Thanksgiving. So the school year was already underway. Hmm. And the school that I was teaching at was hybrid. In other words, about 70% of the students were completely virtual, and 30% would show up two days a week. So that was I, I it was just weird mm-hmm. teaching a class where I'd have two or three kids in my class and the rest of them are online listening in live mm-hmm. at the same time and trying to balance all of that. Interactive it, both. It's just and- it's bizarre and and it's not just classes that you're teaching. Um, the the junior ROTC programs are designed to be interactive. They're designed to be hands on. They're designed to to teach. Um, young people leadership skills and things and you know if if a kid's the only kid in the classroom there I can't teach him to lead anybody he's got nobody else to lead and for the kids sitting at home on the couch they've got nobody to lead either so it's really been frustrating trying to figure out how do we do something that's worthwhile Um, and I can kind of understand also but some but some of the kids have have really given up they've gotten They've had enough of this virtual stuff, mm-hmm. and they don't. I don't think they feel like they're they're learning anything, and so they've just kind of checked like, out. They've checked out, and uh, that is that can be frustrating for the students. It's also frustrating for the for the um, teachers and instructors. And just this past week, I started focusing a lot more on the the verse in I think it's Colossians chapter three that talks about whatever you do, do it as unto the Lord mm. and not for men because it's the Lord Christ that you're serving. So do it right. with all of your heart um, because he's watching mm-hmm. and because he should be the motivation. So, you know, if I, if I have a classroom and, and the students don't seem to be paying much attention or they're, you know, they're not engaged and they're not really doing much of the work or whatever the case may be, I could get frustrated with the students. hmm. But if I realize, God, it's not I'm not doing my best or putting forth my effort just for them. I do want them to succeed. Right. But if you've placed me here, then every day that I come to work, what I offer of myself is my offering to you. Mm. And so I'm going to give you my best. And um, maybe some people will appreciate it and maybe they won't. But I know that you're watching and that you care. And so I've had to, to use that to continue to be motivated, mm. even in these kind of difficult and frustrating times and circumstances.
0: Yeah, and I think those those two verses, the Lord preparing good works for us to walk into, right. and then doing our work as unto Him and not as just unto our bosses. Yeah. When we keep both of those two things in mind, as professionals, when whatever job you're in, wherever you're in, mm-hmm. if you keep those two things in mind, then your opportunities are going to be endless because you'll be able to handle the work because, you know, I'm doing this for the Lord. Right. And then you're noticing those opportunities come up where you're like, wow, now I get to impact and change somebody's life possibly. Yeah. Because you're aware of those things. And I think those those are probably the two most important passages, I think, that a lot of Christian professionals can kind of take away from this. Right. Is that idea of, okay, the civilian job can be a real grindstone sometimes, yeah. but I'm going to do my work as under the Lord. Because then, it, when we put it into the that mindset, when we change our mindset from the earthly thing of just like man, at five o'clock, got to get out of here, mm-hmm. but when we change that mindset to a heavenly mindset, we get the energy from a heavenly place, and we get the spirit. To like, all right, man, if you're if you're asking for my help, I'll give you my help, right. and that's the biggest thing is when we just ask the Lord for the help, and we yeah. ask Him for the energy and to show us these things He does. There are
1: there are so many thankless jobs. Mm. Um, but, but as a Christian, we, we have to realize that no job is thankless for, to God mm. because he sees everything that we do and he's going to reward us for what we do. And eventually, you know, maybe there aren't people here that recognize what we're doing and recognize the effort, extra right. effort that we're putting in. And, and, and maybe people don't appreciate this or that the other thing. But, uh, you know, if we just keep remembering, you know who sees Hmm. my heavenly father and he cares and he and and when I do this well, because this is what he's called me to do and this is what he's equipped me to do. um, It brings him pleasure. Absolutely. And so, you know what? I'll continue to do that for him. And then. You know, as we continue to do that and as we have the right perspective and attitude in doing things, other people do notice mm-hmm. eventually. And they're like, wow, I appreciate you coming in with a great attitude every yeah. day and, and doing this kind of stuff. And, and thank you for doing that. And so, um, yeah, sometimes it's, it's tough to, to, keep, uh, to keep going. But absolutely, I think those, those scriptures and others really help us to keep the right perspective.
0: And when we have that perspective, it also opens our ability to go into different places Mm -hmm. like you've been through multiple career areas right and in each one you've been able to represent christ and change people's lives because your mindset has been for that and i think that's that's one of the biggest things i hear when i talk to some college students is they're like if i can't find my passion and my one profession i i there's no way that Like, is God happy with that? I can't. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, a little more complicated than that. There's more than just one (laughs) right place for you to go. God's pleasure with you isn't defined by what profession you have; Mm -hmm. it's defined by your heart's position to Him. Yeah. And so, wherever you are, if your heart's position is to honor Him and to do ministry, He'll find you ministry to do. Yeah. But if you go into thinking I have to have a certain job in order to make Him happy, then you're just gonna be miserable because you're gonna miss the real opportunities for ministry. Right. Yeah. Man, this is crazy. This is a crazy. good stuff, is a good good stuff, stuff yeah. man. It changes Absolutely. lives. <laughs> Absolutely. So if you could say, so this is one of the questions I have on here. If you could say one thing to every person in your profession, what would you say? But what I'm going to do for this one, if you'd say one thing to every person or assault with the Navy, say one thing to everyone in the Navy, what would you say to them?
1: Yeah. See, I had one, uh, I could, I could probably think of something universal, but if you're going to break it apart like that, see, now you're making me think, <laughs> um, well, I'll, will start with this and this kind of applies to every, mm-hmm. every profession. Um, but you know, I, I, I saw a fair amount of this in the Navy. I would say it's not about you. Mm. Um, because so many times, particularly in American society, we derive our identity from our, our occupation. Mm-hmm. And so we claw and, and scratch and fight and push and everything to achieve as much as possible in mm-hmm. and, and success in our occupation. And, um, and we end up destroying a lot of other people along the way and destroying relationships. And particularly as a Christian, destroying opportunities to shine the gospel. Mm. If it's all about me and about my success and about my career and what I can accomplish and achieve, if that's your number one priority, man, you end up um, you end up undermining the credibility of your testimony.
0: Mm. Um, you sacrifice. So- what yeah. could be forever right for something that is definitely
1: temporary right mm-hmm. right and so uh, i would say just remember it's it's not all about you and and you know jesus himself jesus himself said seek ye first the kingdom of god mm. and his righteousness and all these other things will be added he's like look i'll 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 handle your career right i'll provide for you mm-hmm. you'll be okay do do the work that I've called you to do. First things first. First things first, and let me take care of everything else, and you'll and you'll see things fall into place. So I would definitely say that for for any profession, but Absolutely. you know, I did I, I certainly saw that uh, some in the in the military where people were clawing and and unfortunately, I even saw some some uh, some chaplains do this, mm-hmm. and and it, and it it was evident. To people who were not Christians who would say, oh, chaplain so-and-so, yeah, he's all about his career. Mm. It's, all, it's all politics to him. It's all how can he get and, and in. It, and it hurt me. To hear those kinds of things mm-hmm. and, to, and to see that somebody under the banner of Christianity and ministry, and ministry is is doing um, things like that. Now, on the other hand, I, I've also met quite a few chaplains um, and I have some very good friends who are still chaplains in the military um, who've done some fantastic work and for whom a lot of folks outside are looking in and saying, yeah, that guy's a man of God. Mm. And, um, yeah so so i'm not, I'm certainly not bad you know bad talking about uh, uh chaplains in general, but yeah it's
0: uh, I've seen some people that have put their careers
1: ahead of mm.
0: ministry. and that's the temptation yeah. with with every job is the idea that the enemy's going to want to make the world look really enticing. Mm-hmm. The money, the prestige, the rank, whatever it may be, the temptation will be you should sacrifice those relationships. Because you're going to be past them, you're going to be superior to them in some way. Yeah. Whether you get you take the promotion, take that top spot, or whether you you know pass them or throwing them under the bush, uh, the bus is going to get you that promotion. But then, recentering, focus on look, the Lord's going to take care of me financially or in this job or whatever. What's important is is representing Christ to these people where I'm at. Yeah, and that's absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is good stuff. Yep. This is, and That's what I love about these conversations is because you hear about people's lives, right? And you think, okay, airline pilot. The only thing that you think on, you know, the passenger side is, you know, this guy's flying the plane and that's it. And then you hear what's happening behind the scenes is you get to know people for days. Right. You get to have these opportunities and you don't think about the high school teachers. You know, when you're a high school student, you're just like, grades my paper and that's it i head out but then to hear about how people are working behind the scenes to advance the gospel and to change people's lives and to be peacemakers and love others i always just think it's so cool just hear how god uses so many different kinds of people from so many different places all for one purpose yeah in growing his kingdom absolutely wonderful thank you so much for being on the show. This was fantastic. Um, We appreciate you guys viewing, watching, listening, wherever you're doing that. Like, subscribe, follow. We love talking about the kingdom being built through professions, through passionate professions of of faith and ministry where people are at in the workplace. So stay tuned. We're going to have more great conversations coming up. Hope you have an awesome day.